welcome to a better lifestyle. I am your host, Richard, and I will be with you throughout this journey. This show is here to empower individuals to do more in life professionally. You will find a variety of topics that will help you to be more productive and more successful. So join me and the professionals from different industries as we bring education and knowledge for more success. Hi, if this is your first time listening to the show and you like it, subscribe to the podcast at the end and please give it a review. Share the episode or the show with someone who you think would like it. And to all my faithful listeners, Thank you for keep on listening. And if you could do the same, give it a review, share the podcast or the episode. It would be very appreciated. So on that note, thank you. And let's get started. Hi, everybody. My name is Richard L'Esperance, and I go by the name of my man, Richard. Today, we're going to talk about negotiating. And I have a special guest with me. Uh, is it Maria or Mia? Mia. It's Mia. Okay, so I have Mia Smithson with me. I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. You are indeed. <laughs> great. So I have Mia here with me. Uh, she's doing some uh, great stuff. Uh, please, Mia, tell everybody who you are, a brief resume of who you are, let's say about uh, two minutes, and uh, we'll jump right into the topic. Yeah, fantastic. So... My background is in talent management. So over the last seven years, I've scaled my career to the global director of talent management, leading hiring and leadership development for 400 employees in the U.S. and Mexico and 400 contractors in seven countries. So yeah, all hiring. And I started the 30K program after I figured out that I was underpaid by roughly $30,000. So yeah, um, the program that I created, we help women to get a new job and not just any job, but a job that they deeply enjoy, right? A job they find meaningful. And that's also higher pay. We, it's interesting. Um, we have we like keep track of like their earnings of, you know, the women in our program and that average earning is right about 30 K as well. <laughs> so 30 K increase. So it's what I was underpaid with. And also the exact amount that like is the average that we help our women um, achieve. So, yeah. So we believe women can have it all right. They can have that, that dream job that's remote, amazing work-life balance, career growth, great company culture. And that's also higher pay. Okay. Uh, so in your bio, uh, it says you do uh, negotiating. So uh, tell us uh, in uh, some of in uh, the experiences you had in regards to uh, negotiating, like uh, whether it's good or bad. Give us uh, something. <laughs> yeah. So I love negotiating. I think that negotiating to me is like a game of poker. And it's all about knowing when 
play your cards. So I've done about 5,000 interviews at this point in my career, and I have noticed a lot of trends in the most effective negotiators. And one of the big commonalities is around calmness, right? Notice that calm people make the most money. <laughs> what I mean by that is when they're negotiating, they don't get super aroused or like, oh, uncomfortable talking about money. This is just normal. It's, you know, part of life. Money's part of life. And they are totally comfortable asking for a higher comp. They're totally comfortable asking for what the salary range is. They just enjoy playing the game. And that is truly what it is. So I would say that's kind of the first thing. And from like a neuroscience perspective, um, so I dropped out of a clinical uh, neuropsychopharmacology doctoral program. So I love the brain. And when you look at it, um, when you become really just like full of emotion, the amygdala, it's called amygdala hijacking, which is where you are not able to really be as effective as if you utilize your prefrontal cortex, which is kind of that front facing part of the brain that's like decision making and like that's the part of the brain you want to be utilizing. So that's kind of the, I guess, the brief science behind why being really, really calm allows you to have clarity of thinking, to be a little bit more strategic as a negotiator. Uh, on a scale of one to 10, how would you rate you in uh, regards to negotiating? How would I rate myself? Yeah, so I would consider myself a strong negotiator, right? Like I've had over 5,000 negotiations. At the same time, I'm uh, doing a advanced certification with, it's specifically in negotiation and it's with Harvard. Let me just say, I thought I was really phenomenal <laughs> I'm in the room with those people who have literally written the books on negotiating and now I'm like well my skill could be further up level so I would say that like I don't know I I, I guess I honestly want to finish this certification before I fully answer that question because I don't even know the full extent of like what is even possible right like I usually know how to negotiate for a six-figure salary and know how to you know, scale and negotiate, um, you know, and build a career to hit director level, right? Like I know how to do these things, which involve a lot of negotiating and start businesses. And at the same time, there are people who buy and sell companies, right? And who have millions of dollars under asset. And I, you know, I would say that like, I've accomplished a lot, but I still have a long ways to go. Mm -hmm. So how does someone uh, how does someone become a great negotiator? Yeah, so I think there's a few kind of key things to consider. So the first is you need to understand the tactics to deploy. And the tactics have to be rooted in a broader negotiation strategy. Right. So those kind of go hand in hand strategy and tactics. You really need to have a well thought out strategy and an amazing grasp on tactics that you can utilize. And then I would say that having 
an effective money mindset is really, really, really key. And that kind of is like breeds right into worth, right? If someone doesn't really believe that their skills weren't earning more, then they're not going to earn more. Or if they think that money is bad or evil, they're probably not going to be earning more, right? And so I think it's about like how you think about it, right? And like personally, I think of like money as like a tool, right? It's like a tool, like a fork is like a tool. And it's a tool that allows you to do a lot of pretty powerful things if used ethically. You can build hospitals. You can really transform the world if you use it well. And if you use it to do really good, great things, which I think is, is really, really key. But um, but yeah, having, I would say those are kind of like the key principles is like strategy, tactics, and then like having a really incredible like money mindset. And we really focus on like all all of those things within the 30K program, because if you're missing one leg of that stool, you won't be able to negotiate as effectively. And I see a lot of like negotiation literature that'll that'll dive in just one of those directions, right? There's a lot of people that are like, it's 100% mindset, like write a million affirmations every single day and repeat them in front of the mirror. And that is the definition of success, right? And then there's other that's like tactics, 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 and then they do nothing in mindset. And so like, we're like, we just want to be, have that full experience of you know the full strategy full tactics and then also like the the mindset piece and then we just find that having that kind of cohesive package allows our women to be the most successful so what uh what mistakes you see people do when it comes to uh negotiating oh my gosh a lot uh so one thing is spilling the candy What I mean by that is of the 5,000 interviews that um, I have been part of, I would say about 3,000-ish have spilled the candy. They have told me what they're currently making. It's like in poker, being like, these are my cards. <laughs> Do you want to look at them? No. That is not what you should be doing. It's also illegal for anyone, any anyone in HR, a hiring manager, to ask what you're currently earning. It is literally illegal. So what this is basically how this whole thing happens, right? Um, I'll say, what's the salary range you're targeting? And then the person will, without being asked, say, Well, I'm currently making 85. I'd like to be making a hundred, but I'd be okay with going lower. And that is literally the conversation. And I'm like, what are you doing? It drives me crazy, right? Because if they'd be strategic about it, what they could do is they could say, they could use a tactic called reversing. Yeah. So this is where they um, would literally ask me the question right back, right? So I would say, What's the salary range that you're targeting? And they would say, before I answer that question, could you let me know the salary range for the role, right? And at least in eight states in America, you are required by law to answer that question. 
right? And I know that globally these laws are changing. So I know it's not just America where that's where we're seeing that, right? Um, and then if the you know hiring manager on or the recruiter on the other end doesn't necessarily if they don't say that right away, then you can utilize something called double reversal. And then the double reversal, it is, you know, I ask you what side range that you're targeting. You do one reversal, right? You say, oh, before I answer that, you know, could you let me know the side range for the role? And then I go back to you and I say, you know, the hiring manager is still working out the exact range. Could you let me know the range you're targeting? And then that double reversal is what happens when that person goes, yeah, you know, I really understand that providing a range is important and I'm happy to do so after I do have that basic salary range for the role. After you have the conversation with the hiring manager, could you go ahead and just let me know that range and then we can proceed accordingly, right? And here's the thing, it requires some guts, right? It requires courage and courage while in the movies, it looks sexy. In the reality of it, feels crappy. <laughs> we literally train the women in our program to feel the discomfort of the emotion in the negotiation because it doesn't always feel great, right? Um, but I've literally seen, like, it's shocking to me. Um, someone will go in there and they'll be like, they'll like look on Glassdoor, and Glassdoor will be like, it's eighty-five thousand for the for the role. Right. And then because they do the double reversal, they'll find out that actually the role like starts at like 110 and goes to 150. And they're like, what? I would have literally loved, like, lived out on so much if I wouldn't have done all these things. And that's the other thing, right? Um, I'll oftentimes have people who are like, well, I've already looked at Glassdoor, so I already know the exact range. Glassdoor is oftentimes inaccurate, right? Furthermore, Glassdoor is not always act, not always updated. Sometimes it is when it hasn't even been updated for like years. So it's really, really, really important to be actually asking the questions of the salary ranges instead of purely relying on data that you found on the internet that may or may not be um, active and current. Hmm. Okay, so, so what, I we've kind of gone through a lot here, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what would be your main advice? Uh, Concerning uh, concerning negotiating, one one main thing. One main thing, I would say. Well, I'm gonna have a longer sentence, but it's all gonna be packaged as part of one. Mm -hmm. It's gonna be start with developing a strong negotiation, like strategy if you're job searching you need to have a very clear strategy around how you're negotiate so always start with the strategy learn the tactics i think working with a coach is the fastest way to do it because you save a lot of time and a lot of money because you go directly and you get that information quickly right so learn the tactics you can also go on google which you know that appropriately you need to do and then after that um so strategy, learn, develop a strategy, learn the tactics, and then work on your money mindset, right? There's a lot of, um, I, I know like school of greatness, I think that they have a, a lot of found, 
foundational kind of money mindset podcast episodes that you can tune into. And so I would say those are kind of like the three pieces that I would, I would work on. And once again, starting with like the strategy, then tactics, and then really honing it in with the foundation of the mindset. Yeah. And, and I would be selling everybody short if I just said one of those, because if you just have one, it's like, it's like trying to like bake a cake and you're like, just have flour. Phew, that would not be a good cake, right? Yeah. Uh, so what are the, so what are the techniques that you use in, uh, in negotiating? Well, so one that I really like that I don't think it's a lot of like discussion. And this, I would say it has to do with negotiation because it allows you to get the highest like paying job and also like the job that you want, which is even more important than being high paid because who cares if you have a high paying job if you don't like it. <laughs> um, so landing the plane is really, really, really key. And what I mean by that is when you look at um, pilots, there are like five, at least my pilot friends have told me, there's like five key phases of landing the plane. And one of the most important things is stabilizing the airspeed. So when you're landing, you're zooming in, you gotta have that proper airspeed as you're going in. And if you don't have it, you gotta loop back around, go around, and try it again, right? So you need to have the proper airspeed, like if you're job searching. And a lot of my examples are around jobs because it's like what I help people with. Okay, okay, okay. And so you have to have like the proper timings of landing the plane of your job search. So what I mean by that is if you got like speedy Gonzalez over here, right? You're in a video with a consulting firm and like every two minutes they're like, that interview was great. We're moving you on to the next one, right? And then they're like, speeding you through but then there's the startup and it's a like series d startup at this super sexy company and the glass door reviews are amazing and you really like both of them right this consulting firm is like really prestigious and you and you also have friends that work there and like you've heard amazing things and it would just be amazing right and so you want to be like strategic about mr speeding on dollars consulting firm slow them down a little bit Right. So maybe you are free on that Wednesday that they asked if you're available, but you instead say, you know, I prefer can we do Friday instead? Like you're kind of like slowing down that thing and then you're speeding up our slow molasses that you really are like interested in, right? And then you can use this, have the conversations with both parties, right? I would be upfront. I would say, like, hey, I'm also interviewing with this consulting firm and their interview process is moving a little bit you know, more quickly, what can we do to speed up this interview process, which is a negotiation? What? What? Yeah. And so you are like, you're, you're being very transparent, right? And you are getting them to be about that same speed because the target is where you have multiple offers at the same time. And let me just tell you this. I know it sounds like it's hard. Every single job I've ever, like ever had, past the age of 15, I've had multiple offers of which I've been able to leverage and, you know, negotiate more effectively because I got options. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you want to have, and this is actually like a fundamental concept in negotiating, you want to have a strong backup, which is the best alternative.
alternative to a negotiated agreement, right? If they say, I can't do that comp or, you know, I know you wanted executive coaching paid for within the job offer, which you can ask for, right? And let's just say that they they just couldn't meet your 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 terms. You could say, I totally understand. I really appreciate the time and the energy your team has spent, and I really enjoyed this process. But decided to go with you know this other company instead. Thank you again. And you keep in touch, right? And you can do that if you have leverage, if you have multiple options, if you have a strong best alternative to negotiated agreement. So some people might have uh, insecurities in uh, in yeah. speaking in speaking with people like you know uh, if you're doing negotiating you know you have uh, I think you have to be a little bit you have to have guts and boldness. Uh, so what would you say? <laughs> so what would you say to someone who feels insecure? I would say feel the fear and do it anyways. Here's the thing: the quote discomfort is the currency of your dreams is a quote that has forever changed my life i used to when i was like doing something scary like i remember so i've gotten like three promotions in a year i went from senior tech recruiter and then i skipped manager i went straight i got promoted straight to you know senior manager and then you know global director of talent management so three promotions in a year, once again, sounds super sexy on paper. The reality was like, half the time, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I felt like I was an imposter. And I remember I went from a world of senior recruiter where I'm just interviewing these one, you know, one person at a time, speaking with hiring managers. That was like very safe to me to all of a sudden, like, I'm speaking in front of, you know, hundreds of people on Zoom leading presentations and I'm like, I don't even know. I'm like such a thought. Like I literally felt so scared. And I would just be like, at the end of the day, here's the thing, right? Like I know I have a greater fear of not doing the thing that's scary and that's uncomfortable because I don't want to be on my deathbed having regrets. I don't want to be like, why didn't I just put myself out there. You know, I think it's just like, I would have rather gone out there and maybe I make mistakes sometimes. Maybe, you know, I fail and maybe I get rejected sometimes, but because I'm putting myself out there so much, I'm still succeeding. Like I know personally, I have a, um, a, like an album on my phone. Uh, for fails and then for rejections. And I screenshot every time I, I, in my opinion, fail at something. And then I screenshot every time I, in my opinion, get rejected. And I really work to have um, at least three between the two every single week. So it could be two failures, one rejection, vice versa. And this way I'm positively reinforcing it. Because at the end of the day, those people you see on magazine covers have a stack full of failures far greater than yours, right? They're willing to put themselves out there a lot. So I know that for the level of success that I'm after and the amount of like a difference that I want to make in this world, I'm going to need to collect a lot of failures and a lot of rejections. I'm going to need to feel like crap a lot of the time. But 
to me, it's a more interesting life. I think the alternative is a life of complacency, mm-hmm. which a life of complacency is like overeating, overexercising, overdoing drugs, all these overeating activities that you do because life is so boring when you're not doing these things, when you're not putting yourself out there. At least that's my personal opinion. I remember I would like struggle with late night eating. I would like want to like braid the whole pantry because I was so bored. And then when I like really heard that quote about discomfort and started putting myself out there more, I didn't really have the desire to like braid the fridge at the end of the night because I was like, I, I I was becoming used to the feeling of like growth and used to knowing it was like normal to kind of feel like crap sometimes, but to feel like really happy that like you're making a difference and you're putting yourself out there. I know I've kind of blinded, blinded around a little bit, but those are my thoughts. Uh, so what have you learned in, uh, in the world of, uh, negotiating with everything that, uh, you've done? What have I learned in the world of negotiating? Well, I guess, can I, cause I know we've talked a lot about negotiating specifically. Can we get into a little bit of kind of like the specifics of how I feel after doing all these interviews and after leaving this program that like people earn the most money like what are the key things okay because i've been thinking a lot about this and i have a list so the first is change the boat you're rowing in right so tech consulting sales entrepreneurship are all in my opinion boats that allow you to scale and also scale your earnings as you scale the value that you add to the company now, this list is not exhaustive. There are a lot of others, but those are the ones after, you know, hiring for multiple, multiple really top tech companies, those are kind of the buckets that I see for the boats. Um, I would say also increasing skill level is really, really key. You're not going to be able to negotiate for like a top salary, right? Even if you're like an entrepreneur, you're not going to be able to charge a lot if your skill level isn't exceptionally high, in my opinion. Right. So increasing your skill level, what you can bring to the table, um, more effectively packaging your skills. If you are like the best project manager known to man and your resume looks like crap, you're never going to get the interview. If you do not know how to effectively package your skills, you're not going to even get in the door to the negotiation. I'd say strategically negotiating with confidence is a big part also. Right. Confidence when you're doing it, being strategic, which we talked some about on this call. Um, up-leveling personal characteristics is really, really key. If you're arriving late to meetings, late to negotiations, if your Zoom isn't set up, if you know you don't have these kind of like key things set, then you're probably not going to be able to negotiate as effectively. You're not going to be able to show up as the person that, in my opinion, you're capable of being. Um, fostering money mindset, which we talked a little bit about, and then also believing that you are in demand. If you have a scarcity mentality and if you go into a negotiation for a job and if you think that is the only job in the entire world, that's like thinking that your first boyfriend is the only potential boyfriend that you could ever have in your entire life. It is a very, like, in my opinion, inaccurate view of the world. There are thousands of incredible companies out there that honestly be really really happy with where you could really connect with their mission with their values and it's about not being myopic in the whole thing and knowing that you are in demand right 
it's not them interviewing you. It's you both deciding together if it makes sense to move forward, right? How would you do it? Okay. Uh, so what are the some of the stuff that you're working right now at the moment? Yeah, I mean, a lot of my time is like uh, focused on developing resources that help our clients to go from, I'm at a crossroads, I want to use these skills, I don't know exactly, you know, what job, what industry, but I have all these skills and and I also am underpaid and like helping that person at that kind of place to find that deeply meaningful, deeply fulfilling job that's also high, higher paid, helping them get from that kind of A to B even faster. So one of the things I just developed, it's called Master the Seven Seconds. Ooh, what? What is that? Okay, so if you know that, you know, average recruiter looks at a resume for seven seconds. So this is a whole, it, it walks you through the entire thing, right? It walks through how to write your resume, how what to include in it. I include resume samples in it from um, friends of mine who've worked at Meta, at Airbnb, at Microsoft, and their names are off the resume for confidentiality purposes, but it literally has on there like exactly so you can see like their resume you can see how they format bullet points what keywords they use i like pulled in the top action resume words from harvard because i'm obsessed I, I really yeah i really think harvard's phenomenal anyways and then i also like developed in that um like templates so that you literally pick the resume style you like and then you just click this button in it and then it creates a perfect resume that you can work off of and then I have on there also resources for cover letters as well, a cover letter template that you can use. And the cover letter template is from someone who worked at Airbnb. It's her exact cover letter. You don't know her name, so it's you know confidential again, but it's so you can see it and it shows you how to do it. And then um, I have like passive and um, a, a two-pronged job search strategy. So I recommend a a combined passive and active job search strategy. So you have hiring managers coming to you and then you're also coming to them and I walk through exactly how to do that. And then I have resources for the best job boards, in my opinion, including job boards that focus on executives and um, people who are already making six figures. 80% of the women who join our program are already making six figures when they join our program. So that is why we definitely do tailor to like a certain caliber of woman. But we are open. You could be making $50,000 and join the program if you so desire. But that's one of the big things that I spend a lot of time on. And I'm like actually giving that away for free. So if you go to the 30kprogram.com, you can actually download that. And it's 100% free of cost. And my target with that is I'm very aware that our program specifically helps women because studies show, at least in America, women are underpaid by 17.7% compared to men. But there's a lot of men who I also do think could, you know, benefit and other people who are not in the program who I want to benefit. So that's kind of what this resource is um, and who it's for. So anyone can get it free of charge. And in my opinion, my another target is to have our free stuff better than the other companies paid stuff. So in my opinion, it's like, I don't know. I feel like it's like, 
I yeah, I really love it, and I think it'll really, really be effective. So check it out. So where can people find you on social media or uh, the internet? Yeah, so I would say the best is just going to the 30kprogram.com. All my socials, everything's already linked on it. So if you want to scope out our LinkedIn and like check out all the resources, read reviews, all that stuff, it's on there. We got you covered. Don't even worry. Thank you for listening. If there's any topics you would like me to touch, feel free to reach out to me and I'll do my best to make it happen. I'm on most social media platforms and you can send me an email. You will find the links in the show notes. And also don't forget if this is your first time listening to the podcast and you like it, please don't forget to subscribe at the end. Thank you and see you next time.